It's an exciting day today, and I will tell you why in just a moment. Today is the very first episode of Bottom Tier, a Flesh and Blood podcast. We are super, super excited to be bringing this to you almost live from the beautiful offices we have down here. Of in course, almost live, meaning we gorgeous Mesa, had Arizona. every interest in making this a video podcast right from the beginning. But with things to say, there's always a problem. And that's why we're the bottom tier. <laughs> technology has stood up and smacked us in the face. Yeah. We aren't both like directors of technology or anything of that nature. So no, of course not. No, no. Mm-hmm. no. Well, welcome to this podcast. You're probably wondering what is bottom tier. We had a great introduction from Greg. It's our first time kind of doing this, but we have recently for the past two months been into a hobby called flesh and blood, a trading card game. One of the greats. It's a great trading card game. It's fairly new, but we Wanted to be able to just talk about this hobby and talk about what we think it is. And this is my first I, fun fact about me. My name is Matt, by the way. I guess you didn't just Matt. My name is Matt. This is Greg. This is Greg. Greg. Uh, but it is my first trading card game. It is, which is super, super exciting. Yeah. Like, you've been a nerd for a long time now, Matt. I've been a nerd for a long time. For a long time. And this is the first time you're actually getting into some card games that aren't yeah. just like standard card games. It's super exciting, and I'm glad that you brought me along on this journey with you. Of course. I mean, you were trying to make me play Magic, and I said no. A lot. You we said will, no a lot. We will play Flesh and Blood now. <laughs> we play a real card game. But uh, needless to say, it's opened up the door to other other stuff. So mm-hmm. we may use this to talk about experiences with, with other card games at some point. But for now, it's... It's the addiction of flesh and blood. And what better opportunity than to start a podcast as soon as an uprising has occurred. And truly an uprising has hit. Guys, you know it. We know it. We all know it. We all are going to come to love it. But the uprising set is live uh, worldwide this week, except in the United States where it's delayed by a week because of import-export problems, which is just uh, COVID. It just keeps on giving, man. Keeps on giving. But that's okay. That's okay. We can wait one more week, you know, because we had an amazing opportunity to pre-release. And I think pre-release is happening this weekend, too. But I think so. uh, We went to pre-release. We weren't able to make it to Vegas again. Unfortunately, my heart. Yes. But we were able to go to our local game store pre-release, which was a lot of fun. It was a blast. Uh, We opened up some packs. We sat across from each other and uh, one of us pulled a legendary. Yes, one of us one did. Of, yeah, one of us, it was me. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't the best one, but it was a ghostly touch, right? It was, yeah. And so I got pumped. I was ready to play me some Dramai. I was like, going to force Dramai. 100% into it. And then, of course... I drew zero Dramai cards. The cards had other plans. <laughs> so I was able to... Uh, I guess it's the moment to talk about it. And then we'll go to what we actually had scheduled. <laughs> I <laughs> swear to really, guys, we, we had a plan. We had a plan. Uh, but yeah, we, we did that. Uh, I ended up uh, rocking uh, Icelander. I thought Icelander was a really strong pick. Had a lot of blues, a couple ice cards. And, uh, but I also equally had the same amount of cards for, uh, Phi. And I remember a voice in my head saying, you should play Phi if you have enough cards for Phi. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And so I played Icelander, like any smart person. And so my first game lost completely to a Phi. Se- second game was a mirror match lost really hard against uh, Icelander. <laughs> and then I said, you know what? Limited format allows you to switch your deck. If you're able to, to another one, I'm just going to give Phi a try. And then I won every match after that. It's amazing how well you can do in a uh, in a format like this when you actually have a deck that's good. Yeah, yeah. Is that because clearly you 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 ended up with five and you did really really well. You went yeah. like three and five. I, I ended after. up going yeah. I went three two and 
I ended up being, uh, it, I was nine at the top eight. So like Which, yeah, I, I almost nice. top eight it. And I was like, geez, that's the first time I've ever almost been topped here. Yeah. See, <laughs> Cause usually I'm always at the bottom. Right. It, yeah. Hence bottom tier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did similar to you. I pulled some good draw my cards. I got uh, Dominion and I uh-huh. got uh, a couple of the other ones, uh, raise them all and things like that. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, cool. I'm pumped. Let's do this. Cause <laughs> I like playing Prism. Like Prism is fun. Yeah, like, Prism cool. is fun. Okay, we'll we'll do is Prism basically, but with dragons and a lot of arcane barrier. We can do this. Mm-hmm. Lost every time with Dromai. Built an Icelander. Lost every time with Icelander. Didn't matter how many frostbites I gave him. Just Fi is too good. Fi is great. Too good. It's very good. I, but also it kind of attests to like what your style is, right? And True. so uh, one of the things one of the reasons kind of going on this tangent of our excitement for uprising. But one of the reasons we want to start this podcast was to talk about our excitement and talk about what we thought and like learned as we played flesh and blood. And so the first segment we came up with, as we talked about bottom tier was lessons learned lessons. And I think this is a great segue from our pre-release on like what lessons we learned as players, especially being only a couple months in. And, um, since I'm already going on tangent, I'll just start with with it tangent right? away man. tangent away uh lessons learned is like it when you find a hero you like you stick with like you you if you have fun you play that and i think that's my big lesson is icelander isn't my cup of tea like control and like yeah. doing all that wasn't a lot of fun and it ended up being more difficult for me to wrap my head around and of course like i want to go back in and learn it but it wasn't something that was exciting to me when I have to ice fuse and think about that other thing. It's almost like having an extra card as a resource and that vibes really well with a lot of people. But for me, it wasn't vibing as much. And then when I switched to Fi, I was like, look at how much I can do. Like I can do all this and then it's like the end of my turn and I feel great. Like I was able to, I've accomplished, I was able to rupture and do all that stuff. Good. All right, like we, we, we just played a game a few minutes ago. Uh, CC uh, Levia versus Fi. You were Fi, I was Levia. Yeah. And you got like three turns in a row or something where you got like an eight plus chain yeah. set up, which, uh, hell, man. Yeah. No, I mean, Fi is a lot of fun, but it's like a time clock. And I think that's like, it's like the clock is ticking that you're going to die. And so you have to do as much as possible before you die. Cause, cause you really can't block a lot with Fi. No. Fi has like no defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the meta is still super, super young on this, obviously, because yeah. it's not even formally released yet. But nobody's playing defense reactions or anything with Fi because the whole thing is about speed, right? Yeah. And you need a full hand or at least three out of four in order to actually start setting up those major chains. Otherwise you, you know, you pitch one thing for a resource and then all of a sudden like you have nothing left to go on pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. And like playing in the pre-release, like the lesson with Fi was like, like uh, you are just both going as ham as possible to, to the death. And so like you have to go. And as soon as one Fi starts defending, that's game over for that fight because the other one's able to just be aggressive. Pure momentum build. Mm-hmm. When you lose the momentum, you no longer have it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's going to make five very scary in CC is like we don't have anyone that technically like I've seen some one hit KO builds, right? We have yeah. like one hit KO uh, Reinar builds. We have one hit KO Icelander builds. Yeah. One turn KOs. But it's KO as far as like blitz, right? Like I can get 25 damage, which is huge in one turn. And that will be a knockout according to Blitz. 100%. You, I've not, and you, I would love 
it's if you if you watch this or listen to this for this instance and you're like already you're like oh i know a video where someone got 40 <laughs> points i want to see that video <laughs> like right I, now send uh, it send to it. us send it to us email at, tweet us throw a uh, tie it to a carrier pigeon yep. and throw it out the window bottom tier care. pod on twitter at bottom tier twad bottom tier pod english we know yeah. it uh send it to us on twitter but i haven't seen anyone do a one turn ko on like 440 in one turn right and so for phi like you're just gonna like if you get hit for 25 you have a lot more turns to be able to do that but as soon as phi starts blocking i almost feel like it's game over it 100 is game over because yeah. phi's whole thing is play a card go again play a card go again it's yep. just chip 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 yep. chip chip until the opponent gets to a place where they've either burned through their entire hand so they can't do anything on their next turn so you mm-hmm. can just do the cycle over again or they hold on to their hands like I did in yeah. a match a few minutes ago um, to try to you know set something up themselves and just the here's two damage here's yeah. another one damage here's three damage here's two damage oh well we're rupturing this one so we're going to get nine all of a sudden mm-hmm. and like that whole progression of play during your turn like that's how it works you really can't do anything else with it at least at this point nobody's figured out the meta to the point where we can play around with it um so really with fi as soon as you start defending as soon as you start losing that hand real estate um that potentiality in your next turn like you're you're done yeah yeah and it's gonna be like it was interesting i was able to play a couple blitz matches too like i uh there's another lesson learned too is uh don't be afraid to what is it called? I forgot the name of it. Uh, print out your cards. Proxy. Don't be afraid to proxy. Don't be afraid to proxy. That, that is a bottom tier top tip. That is a bottom tier top tip. Uh, it is a broke tier pop top tip because this game can be pretty pricey. <laughs> and before you start going in to build like a CC deck to be competitive, right? Like I recommend getting reps in with the proxies to see if you like the king card. So, right yeah and it's super easy you just google flesh and blood proxy like the first or second response yeah. is a, a result is the one that you're going to want and you just put your cards in it gives you a printable format for them yeah and then you're not dropping a thousand bucks to build a hyper competitive deck that you've never played before with a hero who's brand new yeah. you get to experiment a little bit yeah and you of course can't play that at tournaments some lgs's are cool and will let you to be able to do that but you won't be able to play that at tournaments but at least it gives you a chance to be able to do that so with Fi, because the cards haven't released I was able to build a really cool proxy deck and I was able to make it blitz as well, which fire and blitz is a little bit harder because you only get two Phoenix risings um, or Phoenix. That's what's called. Yeah. Phoenix risings. Uh, and then uh, I was playing against Katsu and Katsu is a, actually a more defensive, like strong, big attack ninja mm-hmm. uh, with combos. And so when you have ninja against ninja, I think that's going to really kind of see where the meta goes because those new equipment Shuko or whatever, the tiger stripes is going to affect those ninjas to do some crazy stuff. And I think that's going like, it's going to be a ninja type meta in my opinion, the ninja pendulum is definitely swinging the other way. Whereas yeah. before there was, there was a lot of rune blade action and yeah. stuff like that. I think ninja is going to be the next big one to take a look yeah. at. Of course we got to like speaking of rune blades. I mean, we, we have lost chain. Oh, rest in peace, Chain. That was your, in it was your child. I love Chain. Yeah. I loved playing Chain. I loved that whole like engine that powered him. I loved mm-hmm. the banishing and the popping soul shackles and the whole nine. So much fun. But now you can only do it in Blitz, where he's really not that good. I mean, he's still viable, but it's not as fun. dominant yeah. as it was. Because you're versing Briar's like the King Room Blade in Blitz. 
And uh, yeah, Bryant's great. Bryce Rye, we used to be, but I think now it's just in CC. But I think we're going to see an uptick in Briar being used in CC now because that's going to be, I think, the stronger Rune Blade, right? Uh, to be able to kind of go up there. And so it's it's really interesting to have this like new meta happen because we had two living legend status happen, then uprisings coming out, and then there immediately uh uh legend studios is like, all right, we're gonna do a battle hardened in LA <laughs> two weeks in where none of you really get to know what this meta is gonna be because we're we're gonna be alternating the whole armories with limited formats, which is draft and and sealed, deck. sealed decks yeah. and CC. And so you're not going to get, you're only going to get two weeks of CC where no one's really going to know what, what's going to be top and really know they're what to building, counter for. They're building the new meta currently, like with the battle hardens, yeah. with the armories going out. Yeah. Like it's a beautiful thing. Cause like it's older, more like quote unquote established card games. Like, you know, you take your magic, the gathering mm-hmm. or like your Yu-Gi-Oh or something like that. Um, and there's only so much, you know, wiggle room that you get in these sorts of things because they have such broad runs of things because they have yeah. to cycle cards in and out. There's a lot more active upkeep that has to happen yeah. as opposed to a game like a flesh and blood where it's basically okay. When something becomes too dominant, we take it out. But other than that, you guys can go crazy. Take from yeah. the first set, take from the most recent set and have fun with it. Um, and then like you were talking about the, the shakeup with having the new set coming out at the same time as the first two heroes are living legend in CC, mm-hmm. like that is a massive change. Um, Cause like Stravo and, and chain have been rightfully as we see in their uh, ascension to living legend, yeah. like the cornerstone of classic constructor for a long time. Like, well, where was the last uh, event held Jersey, right? Yeah. yeah. The pro, the, that, the that pros, was the pro. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, you know, chain won it, chain won it, but the final match was straw was Star Star versus chain. Yeah. Um, just like, I think the last one was the same thing, like the big tournament that happened before that. Yeah. And like consistently you see those two coming up. So you're kind of forced into playing chain or Stravo or playing a direct counter to chain or Stravo. Like we saw with prism, which is why prisms living legend status is super high is because yeah. there was a build just to take out Starvo. Exactly. Meta and anti-meta. And then there's kind of the rest of us all kind yeah. of playing pseudo meta, I guess. Yeah. Or just like whatever sounds fun or whatever we can cobble together. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, I think is, is like, in the moments of this big upheaval, this big change, people who like need an established meta either to play in line with or to play against, they're going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage here. Mm-hmm. Like the underdogs, the ones who just kind of play to have fun, like people with a more flexible sort of mindset around this, I think, are going to be really well positioned, especially with the new hero types and everything. Yeah. Um, to really jump in and make a splash. So, like, right now is the best time to get in and to start just playing around with stuff. Yeah, no, it's, it really is. And I think that the draconic heroes, not that I think, but I think the draconic, he- I, the draconic heroes are great. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the, the draconic heroes. Anything. The draconic heroes are perfect beginner heroes. And and now it's, it's interesting because it's maybe some people will argue with that because Dramai is complicated, but I think that that deck shows a lot of, uh, how, like management is it's like a work work worker placement game like you're really playing on your own board doing all this type of stuff of like i need to build this up and kind of build a little empire and then i can attack you really well yeah. build some dragons and then uh ninja is just like 
it, the cards are very self-explanatory to just be able to play and just make things big and be able to do turn, that. Yeah. Right. And I think they're very great starter heroes to really jump in and learn the game and, and learn some stuff from that way. Cause I think two months ago when I first started playing, it was really nerve wracking and kind of irritating to be like, how come I'm not good at this game? <laughs> and, uh, I, what you really have to do is play. You just have to keep playing. That's, that's ultimately how you do yeah. it. It's how you do you, it. You have to learn the heroes that way. With magic or with anything. Mm-hmm. Like you have to get your hands dirty. You have to build a couple of decks and you have to screw up a few yeah. times. That's why don't be afraid to proxy, proxy all the decks. And when you're like having that fire passion, you just sit and just verse yourself with these proxy decks and then be like, I understand the mechanics of this hero. Cause once you play behind the hero, you're going to know more on how to be able to counter that and know how to be able to do that. And that's what makes this so exciting is with these new cards, no one really knows a good counter right now. So I'm excited for us to really see that battle harden happen and see the CC be able to go from there and kind of have the road uh, to nationals uh, all kind of happen at once with the with new everything. 100%. It's kind of cool that they're back to back at the same event too. So we're going to see the battle harden and see who wins there. And I'm really curious to see if it's going to be pretty much the same person winning right, or, or, whole new, or a whole up. new different thing. 100%. So it's going to be really neat to see that. Of course, with the heroes too, we have another hero. We haven't mentioned Icelander pretty much. We mentioned it in the beginning, but Icelander's out there. <laughs> Icelander's going to do great things with all the frost and it's been able to add. We're going to see a huge uh, influctuation of ice too because we're going to see Lexi and Oldham more too, in my personal opinion, go up there. Oh, Oldham yeah. is 100% going to get a buff. And it's not like we don't, we haven't seen Oldham like yeah. recently. Like he's been around. Yeah. Um, but especially with, with what I think is going to be sort of the meta defining hero that is Phi. Um, Oldham is one of the only, is one of the few uh, heroes who can, who can like shut him down. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. stop it completely. And Icelander is a little bit that way too. Yep. Um, but Icelander, the, the problem with Icelander is, um, is that it requires you to think about the game differently. Just like with Kano, mm-hmm. the wizards in general, like it's, it's not my turn. It's our turn. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and that can require a big shift in the way that you think about the game, the way that you approach your deck building and your matchups, because you're no longer thinking just, okay, well, what do I do with these few cards and, you know, trying to make the best combo. It's now I have to think about what I'm going to do and what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So I can plan for this and I can have something chilling in the arsenal or something like that, that I can just whip out. Yep. So of, of the, the three heroes that we're getting more content for or new content for in Uprising, um, Icelander seems like the trickiest one to me to make her fit in a place in the meta somewhere. Yeah. Because you can go like really hardcore control and just like build up the frostbites, freeze arsenals and stuff like that. But you can you can also do pretty good aggro with her too. I mean, fire breathing is still going to be a huge thing that's played. We saw it a lot in the Blitz format. And when CC, we're going to see it too where where people were able to kind of uh, use those energy potions, use the time snap potions to kind of set up a major one hit KO turn where they kind of uh, use like a Toma Fendel, get some health, uh, use another one if they have it in their hand, kind of like look at the draw, mm-hmm. be able to draw up to like eight blue cards essentially and dump all eight of it in fire breathing to add plus eight to that, which is really insane. So you're able to attack for about 20 damage just from, from doing that. Which is absolutely yeah. nuts. So, or eight blues, so that's eight times three. So what is that? 24. 24, so it's 24 damage. Which is 
Which is great. Flipping nuts. This is awesome. Yeah. Good, good for them. Provided you're the one playing Icelander. If you're not, if you're the one playing against her, then that's horrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Plus you're getting frostbite or fr- plus you get frostbites and have to discard cards before you can block that. Right. So. so congratulations. We pitched the whole hand to play the one thing from the arsenal if it wasn't frozen. Right. And then they get to show that. So it's it's really cool. We're gonna see a lot of big shifts and a lot of different play styles with that control way. And it's gonna be really neat to see. I think we're not going to see um I think we're going to see less. We're not going to see chain, which is great. Um, but we're not going to no, make all just didn't get too much love. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a skyrocket in brutes against Jermai. Cause I honestly feel that Jermai is going to have a slow rising into being in the meta. I think people have to really learn how to play yeah. Jermai, but uh, it'd be cool to see high level Jermai play now. I didn't in pre-release. I never got the versus single one. Really? Yeah. So no idea. No idea. Anything about Jermai still. <laughs> okay. Well, basically, you just make a bunch of dragons. The dragons attack. I, I know, but I was hoping to play one, but I just played Fies and Icelanders. So, <laughs> so that kind of shows you that that's what people want to play or that's what people feel like they get more comfortable building. So Jermai like, is going to kind of... Some people really want to force Jermai because dragons are cool. Yeah. Um, and because the card art is just really phenomenal on like, yeah. most of her cards. Um, but she's really tricky to get. You have to do a lot of management. Mm. Once you figure out how all the threads kind of weave together, it gets workable. Yeah. But it's still really tricky between generating ash, transforming ash, and then invoking bigger dragons on top of that. Mm-hmm. It gets really tough. Um, during the pre-release, I opened with uh, with Invoke Dominia in my hand. And Dominia is flipping great. Yeah. I love that dragon. But I had no way to generate the ash I needed in order to actually invoke the dragon. So like three turns in when this guy playing Fi against me has like another seven card <laughs> chain and I'm just sitting there with a, with Dominion on my freaking arsenal. Like that was fun. That was great. Oh, I'm sure that's exactly why you pay money to go to these events is to get your butt kicked by people that you didn't think were going to kick your butt. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why we're called the bottom tier. That's why we're bottom and tier guys. I don't think uh, either of us have made top eight once. No, nope. it was close, but other than that, like we're stoked being at bottom tier because we get to run fun things. So what is, what's uh, well, a question I have for you, Greg yeah. is maybe our, our listeners for our first one of you're here. Awesome. Uh, All three of you. We love you. Yeah. In none of you so far, but, <laughs> <laughs> but if you enjoy this, that's great. Uh, we want to let you know what our, they should get to know us a little bit more. So what what's your favorite hero right now? Oh man. Uh, favorite for just playing. Um, I'm still a sucker for chain, man. I just, I just really like chain, mm-hmm. like genuinely not like he's good in the meta and everything, which is super cool. But I just, I like the way the engine works. Mm-hmm. I like the banish a couple of things, play out of the banish, use the hero ability to get go again, kind of linking all of that together. Um, so chain is super fun. I've been enjoying prism a little bit. Um, I've been trying to get my dash together because mm-hmm. I think that dash could really like be an upset mm-hmm. if you get it set up correctly. The biggest problem there is that it's, it's you flip a coin. If you get the right <laughs> hand, then you can't be stopped. Yeah. If you get the wrong hand, then you can absolutely be stopped and will be very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit of a tricky one, but honestly, like I haven't really played a hero and I've played a lot of them at this point, not all of them, but a lot. Um, I haven't really played one that I haven't enjoyed. Mm. That's a very good point. Like I, I agree with you and I started, I started the game playing Bolton as my CC and I think Bolton, I learned a lot about myself cause I don't, enjoy Bolton's kind of more of those warriors where you're like I set up, I charge and I wait. 
I set up and I charge yeah. and I wait. I set up and I charge and I wait. I have pulled two Luminas. And now I am ready. Like, it's just kind of like I have charged. I am ready. And like spirit bomb is ready to attack you. Right, exactly. And it's going to explode. Right. Exactly. And that's really cool. But I don't think that was my play style. So I enjoy Bolton. That was my first hero. And I'll always have a, a CC deck for Bolton because Saber Bolton is really fun. But I think that my personal favorite here at the moment is I like those those old ones. And um, I like Dorinthia. I like Warriors. Dory's fun. I think Dory is really, um, really, really cool. And I'm excited to see more of what Dory has to, especially the classic battle stuff is going on. Uh Sorry about the noises going on. Uh, I guess uh, connecting to my phone through recording this audio is not going to be the best option. So that's really <laughs> cool. But Dory being able to <laughs> Dory being able to do all of that stuff and have the new uh, the new specialization to add more damage to Domblade is going to be really cool to see if people play with that and uh, go from there. And then my other favorite was Ko. Roll some yeah, dice. You do. You do. You do people love sleep on Ko. And that's why I'm in the bottom tier. <laughs> People sleep on KO for a great reason because KO is unreliable as hell. Hey, but I will admit, having played a little bit of Brute, you know, more recently, Brute's heck of fun, dude. It, Brute is really fun, and like I remember one game that we played with KO, and it was like, ah, well, I rolled really well on Scabskins, and now you're full hands intimidated, and I rolled really high and, and was able to like pull this off. You two turned me. Yeah, it yeah. was not fun for you. No, but, I, I had a horrible time. You seemed pretty happy. I was like, this is really dumb, and I really <laughs> like it. And I really like how dumb this is. So if that, now you know. I like dumb things. Phi is now my personal favorite hero. I think I'm going to be a Phi guy, so you might hear me talk about Phi a lot. But there We you should go. get t-shirts to say Phi guy. guy. Yeah, we should get. 100%. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the Five Guy logo. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. So uh, we've we've been talking for like half an hour now and we haven't even told the good listeners. We haven't. Okay, cool. Who we actually are or, or what this even is. We've, we've just been yammering I on guess about so. this random card game. I guess so. You want to start us off, buddy? Who we are? Who we are. Who we are. What was what's what is our statement? What is our statement? Uh play flesh and blood? I don't know. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Our statement is we're the bottom tier. We're here to have fun. In every competitive card game, in every competitive card game, there are ultimately those people who get way too serious about it. Yeah, and like just like with anything, there are some people who are hardcore into it and they make it their entire lives, and that is cool. We are in no way, shape, or form hating on those people <laughs> or throwing shade or anything like that. What we're saying is that that's like five percent of the population. There's already plenty of stuff out there for that five percent of the population yeah. who's really hardcore about it. But for the players like us who have, you know, regular day jobs and <laughs> lives outside of things like this, who have to focus on things that we may or may not want to and not spend all of our time playing cards as much as we'd like to, yeah. where's the resources for us? Where are just the everyday people sitting down and talking about something that they love and having a good time with their buddies? Yep. And that's why we're here, my friends. We are the bottom tier. Uh, between us at this last uprising thing, I think we got like four wins and three of them were his. Um, <laughs> so, and, and, and that's pretty, that's pretty standard for most of our appearances, uh, at the various, uh, events and yeah. whatnot. And most of them, usually it's a buy. Usually it's a buy. Yeah. <laughs> but like the, you're right. Like we, we are here to have fun. And I, even though probably you listening to us for 30 minutes, you're like, man, this is, 30 minutes of competitive talk of these two guys. Uh, and that's my fault. Cause I'm just really excited about what's happening in this game right now. Uh, like uprising has, has me really excited, but it is ultimately about having fun and 
And I never really experienced that with a, with a card game before that. So I've never played, really played one. And so it's a great, uh, we want to be able to provide a source of like what our train of thought is, as being casual, what we're excited about. I mean, we have like legend studios talked about creating a player versus everyone type game where it's kind of similar to dungeons and dragons, uh, where it's, it's not Dungeons and Dragons or we're not getting like a magic like Dungeons and Dragons in that, but it's, <laughs> it's kind of like one game master being able to say, Hey, you're doing this thing. And we have our hero decks to be able to do something. And I'm really interested in learning it sounds more like so about much that. fun. Yeah. Cause Dungeons and Dragons, my other favorite thing, if I could have another podcast to be a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, but this is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We should but, talk about that later. Yeah, later for sure. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of like uh, what we want is we want you guys to find a place. If you're like us being casual to feel comfortable, talk about casual things and not try so hard. Exactly. We're it's a game. <laughs> try hard, but I mean, try have fun, but don't, you know, you don't beat like, yourself up. Like exactly. You remember like in the early days of the internet, there was that, uh, there was that viral video of the magic, the gathering player who like just started screaming out of nowhere, like literally throwing tables over. No, and you never saw that. I never oh, saw man. that. It's so I'll send it to you later. I love it. That's the kind of guy that we're not. <laughs> we are not the guy screaming and throwing tables and stuff because some rando just beat us. We're the guy saying, Oh man, that was so cool. How, show me what that does. Can I read that card? Like, let's take yeah. a look at that. Like, wow. How'd you come up with this strategy? Like, that's what we're here for. And that's what we hope that you all come along with us for just a couple of nerds talking about nerd stuff. Yeah. Being buddies. Yeah. I, and I think that if you're here, you already have that, mindset because flesh and blood as a community is actually really good. It really is like surprisingly, it's super yeah. welcoming. Mm-hmm. Everybody I've met in it so far has just been like, like really welcoming. Honestly, yeah. is, is the best way that I can put it. It's very friendly. It's very open. Um, and people, you know, people laugh and, and, and enjoy themselves. Now that all that being said, uh, the only things that I've been to have been at my locals. So I haven't been to, you know, the, the major like pre-release events yes. or any of like the road to pros or anything like that. So the experience there could be a hundred percent different, but from my experience has been, it's, it's been really yeah. generally low key. Shout, shout out Arizona game stores. Shout out to Arizona game stores. You're doing great. hundred percent. At this 115 degree weather. It's beautiful down here, guys. Beautiful. It's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 that's what it's really all about. And uh, if you, yeah, just share your stories with us too. And it's, it's going to be really cool. What's next on the agenda, Greg? All right. You're going to be the agenda, Greg. Greg agenda. Greg enda. Greg Genza. We're going to figure that out and we'll get back to everybody with that because I feel like there's something there. Fi guy. <laughs> Greg Genda. Chain gang. Um, Ching smoking gang. <laughs> uh, so we talked about uprising a little bit. Let's, let's finish up talking about uprising really quick. Okay. Uh, the bottom tier choice. Who do you think is going to be worse? Icelander or Dromai? Because we've kind of we've we've kind of like I feel like we've sort of tacitly agreed that Phi is going to be like the standout of this particular bunch. So between the other two, who do you think is going to be better? Uh, to be honest, to be honest, be straight uh, with me, man. Tell me how you really feel. I think we're going to see Icelander suffer the same thing Kano does. We're going to see Icelander a lot, but Icelander's not going to be able to ever pull it off at the end, just like Kano. Which is really sad. Kano's great, but I don't think Icelander's going to do it. And I think Icelander's going to be more bottom tier. But I think what makes bottom tier bottom tier too is the amount of people who play it. Truth. So I think that Icelander 
I already hear a lot of people are going to be playing Icelander and I already hear people, but I haven't heard anybody really excited to play Dromai. I, I think people are going to sleep on Dromai for a yeah. little bit. I think they're going to take a look at it and be like, okay, that's cool in concept, but I don't yeah. really want to be juggling that much stuff every turn. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go with something else. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that they're going to sleep on Dromai, but I think in like a year or so, like once the meta's calmed down a little bit and people are really starting to get creative again with trying to find some counters for things, that the sort of mid-tempo is going to start reasserting itself a little bit. Yeah. I think... I think that Phi, like we we're really stoked on Phi. We think Phi is going to do great, but we honestly don't know because once Phi gets hit, it's game over. Like Phi could end up being dropped off really fast and not really going for it. Cause if you like running against Bolton a couple times already, uh, Bolton can wipe Phi out in like three turns if the cards are right. So yeah. maybe we'll see Bolton start to get popular. I don't, Actually he rise up through like the mid ranking sort of area. He's I don't know right about now. that. But <laughs> if Bolton does really good, like there hasn't really been anything to really give Bolton a shine lately. Uh, but maybe we might, we might see some stuff for Bolton. But hey, fingers crossed, man. Yeah. A meta shakeup is it's bottom good. tier. Yeah. Bottom tier. <laughs> bottom tier. As you can see, our logo is Azalea and Levia. That's just because that's the lowest living legend points. But maybe we should put a uh, Fi and Jeremiah on there now too. And Levia is on the board now. Levia is on the board. And I was thrilled to see it. So cool. Because Levia Levia is a very interesting hero. Not to go back on that, but Levia having... Interesting is a way to put it. Yeah. It's like the the ability doesn't really do much for you. It kind of negates like the, the stuff you can put into your banishment, but like the ability doesn't do much because you put stuff in your banishment like with certain cards, so you could literally make a deck to never banish a card and be fine and like be yeah. okay with that. Yeah. But it's not the strongest card. So it's a really interesting ability that doesn't really give any benefit to a lot. And so it's just playing a game within your, like your own side of stuff of card manipulation to yeah. it's very interesting, a very interesting hero brute. And I like it. it, it shadow brute specifically, like, <clears throat> like other brutes, you know, your Ryan are your KOs, your whatevers, um, you know, yeah. swing big, hit hard, go home. <laughs> um, you don't really have to manage a whole lot outside of, you know, keeping track of your resources mm-hmm. and all like the, the very basic sort of stuff. Brute is not basic necessarily, but it's very accessible. It's mm-hmm. very straightforward. It Pick up the tree, hit the guy with the tree, <laughs> you're done. Yep. Um, but when you start adding shadow in there, it gets really intricate, like really fast. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of powerful cards that Levia has access to. Um, but almost all of them have blood debt, which the more you have blood debt in your banner zone, the more damage you take at the end of each turn. So it doesn't matter how well you're playing. Eventually you'll just kill yourself. Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing there is really just management again. And like, really that's, that's what it comes down for a lot of these archetypes Yeah, is that it's really just keeping track of, of what's going on, but sort of managing that along with, you know, pick up tree, hit with tree, continue on. <laughs> um, like that, that just adds a whole other delicious layer to it, man. It's yeah. like, it's, it's like a parfait. You could just put, <laughs> you could just put yogurt in a cup, but then you're just eating yogurt in a cup. Yeah. And that's not fun. No the shadow talent cup. is, is, is a little granola on top. Ooh. Give you that crunch. Yeah. I don't know why this became about snacks yeah. all of a sudden, but. ASMR parfait. Parfait ASMR. You know what? There's another thing that we can start to learn. Yeah, that'll be our first YouTube video. Guys. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Just the two With of us. With a picture of Levia. Just Levia in the background, just kind of <laughs> slowly zooming in and out. Yeah. Like she's breathing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how to do any of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Interesting. Very good. Um, all right, so let's double check the list here. I swear, I swear to God, uh, we we did actually plan some stuff out, and then we just got in here. We just started talking yeah. to each other. I probably kinda... should have like had it up, and I was all frazzled from not recording. But hey, it's first fun. episode is meant to be weird, right? Exactly. We haven't That's we haven't figured out the formula yet, Matt. That's the name. First episode. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. Yeah. Uh, he's Matt, and I'm Greg. By the way, one I, more time. We did that a couple time. times. We yeah. have repetition. Is repetition. How people learn. Okay, next up, let's talk about Road to Nationals a little bit, Matt. Yeah, um, we did a little bit. We did a little bit. Let's let's dive in a, a little bit more. Just specifically, because this is bottom tier, and because we are less of an enthusiast <laughs> product and more of a casual product, yeah. let's talk about uh, you know being new to the TCG and you know having this competitive season going, um, and you know some of the I, I guess Schadenfreude that comes with that. Seeing these people, you know, go out, put all this money in these decks, put all this time into traveling to locations, uh, and you go and you get kicked out in the first round, you lose like every yeah. game because inevitably that has to happen to somebody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that sort of thing that that can be really daunting to some players. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, how you sort of make the jump from you know, kitchen table playing or playing with a buddy at work or something like that. And not necessarily jumping straight into like nationals or anything, but sort of transitioning into starting to play in events and that sort of thing. I, yeah, I really like this. I was actually thinking a lot about this, to be honest. I saw the road nationals and what's really interesting about legend studios is it's not planned. It's really far out in advance. It's always like a month in advance. You hear the news drop of where things are going to be. And that's really daunting as a new player, uh, especially someone who, like, I want to be competitive. I like having fun, and that's why we're doing bottom tier and being casual. But I also want to compete and have some cool stuff and do things like that. So I think really the start is, again, uh, check out your local game stores and uh, be able to play there and get to know the people there and start dipping your toe in that scene. Uh, And that's going to really fulfill you for a little bit. And the other part of that is as you're there, make some friends and be willing to maybe meet up or meet with them on Discord and play that way. Another way I was able to find is there's actually a lot of people on Discord and who've made communities that do online tournaments or online play with no prizing. And it helps you learn the heroes to go that way too. And so I think that's the really good beginner thing before you go out there. Um, because like you said, we, we have jobs, we, you have to work. You can't just go take off and, and go do a competitive card game. If you can, you're an incredible human being. And I think that's awesome. Absolutely. And like one day we'll get to that point, right? hundred percent. Uh, so when that time comes, when you're ready to make that jump, the next big event, you're like, I want to go. And I think that you shouldn't be disheartened if you show up and lose. So I've played competitively in other things, not just trading card games. I've yep. been in and done tournaments with like Pokemon, the video game. Right. Yep. And I think what's really cool about these companies is they're going to make sure it's a fun event for you by making sure there's kind of like an event hall or like things to do around to be able to play pickup games and other things like that. So if you, even if you show up, you're going to be around a lot of people in the community that are going to be there with you and you're going to have other people that drop off with you and you can play some more games. You can go and see some of the artists. You can go and meet other people and 
get autographs of whatever you want and be able to get your time and games in and really be able to show what you've done. Maybe you even make a trade or two to be able to up your game a little bit. And then it's going to be a good time. So no matter what, I think it's going to be worth the money and and travel for that experience. And like really these big events, like e- even if the primary point of it is to, you know, play the tournament and figure out who gets the invitation to the pros and all that sort of stuff. Like all of that comes with um, a lot of stuff on kind of on the periphery. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know if you do a lot of like or did in the before times, uh, do a lot of like comic book conventions or like anime conventions yeah. or anything like that. But, I've done a few. But it, it, it ends up always as the same thing. It's your, it's not just the core people there to play, you know, the cards competitively. It's everybody there selling artwork and everybody there, you know, selling yep. food and doing cosplay and just hanging out yeah. and seeing what's new and what's exciting and getting into random little games on the floor tucked away in a corner somewhere because all the tables are taken and you really want to play with this person you just met. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's so much more than just, okay, well, let's see who's, you know, the best players in the state or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big, like you should never be disheartened on that and you should always strive to, to do well, but you should never be disheartened if it happens. You're there to be able to have fun and you actually make really good connections. Cause I remember playing competitively in Pokemon again, I decided to do my first out of state tournament mm-hmm. that way. Uh, and so it was in Pasadena, California, where this road to nationals is going to be uh, not going Pasadena. this time, but, uh, I'm not going to this one, but you might see me on a future one. Don't worry guys. <laughs> but, uh, one day, one day, one day. One day. Uh, but, uh, I was able to meet someone there and we ended up really vibing and hanging out the whole time. And it was really funny. It was like the seventh match. We were both doing really well. We were five two. And uh, we ended up being pitted against each other. Oh, and I was like, oh, no, the <laughs> friends are not merging. But we've been a consistent friend, like through social media and chatting and everything ever since then. So you get to make a lifelong friend because you're going through this like really cool, unique experience together where you may not know as many people. You get to meet someone new and kind of go from there, which is really a what being uh, into a hobby like this is kind of all about. It's not just about the cards. It's just about the community that you get to play with. Because really, any schmo could build a couple of decks and then play against yourself or enlist, you know, a significant other or a friend or something and, you know, get into it a little grudgingly that way. But really, when you get passionate about something, you want to be around other people who are also passionate about it. And things like this are... 100% 100% the way to go. Everything from your locals where only six people show up because they're the only ones in town who know about this card game. And yeah. Came in from like 100 miles away because this is the only yeah. local with the right stuff. Um, all the way up to these big national events. Yep. Um, so just really being able to celebrate it and being able to celebrate it with people who you are also celebrating it who you don't have to worry, you know, are going to give you weird looks when you start talking about flesh and blood out of nowhere. Yeah, right. Um, like that's that that is an experience beyond compare. Yeah. So really, genuinely, guys, and this and this goes for us too because we haven't been to any of these yet. Um, go if you can, if you can make it work, if you're feeling the passion, if you're feeling a little bit of a spark for it, go check it out. No yeah. one's going to force you to do anything you don't want to. You don't have to play in the tournament if you don't want to. Just go and check out. You know some of the people who are there from the studio. Check out some of the people who yeah. are there representing locals. Check out some of the people who are there. You know selling singles or selling you know custom made yeah. art of you and Dromai kicking Fi in the face. <laughs> like it could be anything. Yeah. Just go and, and and 
find your niche, man. Yeah, and uh, it's worth it. Like it's it's a lot of fun, and um, I I highly recommend it. So so start small, go to your local stuff, go from there. And if you don't have a local thing, find a Discord community and be able to play. And again, my other advice is, I I think what happens is, is a lot of casual players or people who are new to hobbies um, or even younger. Like we don't, they don't have the monetary means to be able to really get into the hobby sometimes like to get True. the best deck ever to buy Arcanite skull cap. It is a hundred dollars to buy a Phelan spring tuning is, uh, is it is $140 right now on TCG player. Right. Yeah. And when you try to buy it from someone else, that's the reference they're going to be able to use. So with that, don't be afraid to proxy find people that are going to be fine with you practicing with that. And you'll get there eventually. And once you be able to get those steeple cards out of the way first, you then can focus on building out the rest of it. Because really, frankly, like $1 spent that you don't get a return on in some way, shape, or form yeah. is a dollar you wasted. Yeah. So don't waste money, guys. We all know it's a rough time. We're having a rough time, too. We got your backs. Yeah. Play cards cheap. Play cards cheap until you're able to be passionate enough to spend tons of money. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm doing today. <laughs> I don't need all this furniture. Yeah. I do need Arcanine Skull Cap. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go buy my Shuko, like, literally here in just a few minutes. In, like, so. 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be great. It, well, for you. <laughs> I'm not going to have fun with it. You're yeah. just going to keep Shukoing all over me. Um, Gee, that's going to be another shirt. Shuko all over me? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. We're getting so many ideas. Right next to, you know, <laughs> never mind. Let's get the, uh, PG-13. What's next? We're targeting PG-13. Um, let's let's talk about some, just, just some of the fun stuff. What have you pulled recently that you've been into? Like you, you got, you got the ghostly touch at the, at the pre-release. Um, what else? Anything like special or exciting or anything? Hmm. What have I pulled? That's got me excited. Uh, nothing's really Besides Fi, obviously, uh, the one thing that I pulled that got me hyped is I was, I just decided to, I was waiting for a friend. I was really close to the local game store. I just stopped in and I asked how many, uh, I didn't want to spend a money on a box, but I asked how many boosters of Tales of Aria was. I've never pulled Tales of Aria. It's not really my jam, but I, uh, asked to buy the last four boosters inside that, that box and I pulled them out, and I got a Heart of Ice. Nice. Yeah. So that's a legendary, which is really cool, and I was stoked. So for a while, in my mind, I was like, how am I going to utilize this Heart of Ice? What am I going to do with it? And uh, bottom tier tip, again, uh, going to sell it so I can get you know, my failing spring tuning. Bottom tier top tip, everybody. Cars are worth money. Yeah. So if you pull something that you don't necessarily want, like you can sell that and go from there. What's really dumb is I sold a mass momentum a while back and I need to go get another mass momentum. <laughs> right. Cause I did not want to play ninja until Fi came out. Right. So, so things work in a cycle. Yeah. But it's cool because it's kind of like if you decide to bite the bullet and get a box and you pull something nice, that's more valuable than the box. You've made your money back and were able to get the equipment that you're searching for in another way. Exactly. I just had something like that happen. I uh, bought a Monarch box not too long ago. Yep. Uh, first legend I've ever pulled, Carry and Husk, like fourth pack or something like that. Just right there, ready to go. It's like 120 bucks on uh, TCG uh, player right now. Uh, so if I can actually sell it at some point, that will uh, pay Fox, which is super exciting. And then I can either, you know, use that money for more cards or, you know, watch. Build, build a Levia. Build a Levia worth, a, worth, worth anything. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, build the Levia. Levia ASMR, we're back to this. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Um, we are just about out of time. Matt, do you have any final thoughts? Um, Craig, I really enjoy doing this podcast with you, and it's going to get better over time. It 100% is going to get better over time as we figure out what the hell we're actually yeah, doing. Yeah, you know, once you get behind the mics, all of a sudden you're like, ah, I am the bottom tier. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to do things now? That's, <laughs> yeah. That wasn't explained to me appropriately. <laughs> How close does my mouth have to be to this stupid thing? <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow us at bottom tier pod on Twitter. Uh, we will have a YouTube channel as well. So if you're watching there on our second episode, we you might be watch, listening to this as the first episode as one of those cool audio uh, things. Uh, we're going to be excited to be able to meet you and see you guys. Uh, something we really look forward to doing here in the future on our YouTube channel is showing some gameplay of, of what we come up with on our, our deck builds and things like that. But also we want to be able to make sure it's a very casual experience and explained really well. So we were really going to focus on playing heroes that we're not experienced with as we try to fight our way through. And so you get to be extremely frustrated as you watch us be able to play because we're going to be like, what's this rule mean? I don't know. And then we're going to try to explain to you what the rule is as we Google search and then pin it up on there. So it's going to be a really cool experience of like learning all that type of Doesn't thing. Doesn't it sound fun? Doesn't it sound just like a great, it does. great time. It does because I think that's the best thing we could do as players is learn as new players is just to learn as much as possible by trying new things out all the time. I agree. So I think our first one should be an uprising bat. With it our least be. favorite bottom tier here is Jeremiah and Icelander. It should be. You heard it here first, guys. So thank you for listening. Again, I am Matt. And I am Greg. And my friends, we are signing off. Have yourselves a wonderful rest of your day. And we look forward to seeing you back here real soon. <laughs>